The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Welcome to FBC Radio Live. It is Monday, January the 20th, 2020. That's right, 20s are all over the place here. And we are here the day after Championship Sunday, and we are here to react to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the, the 49ers and the Chiefs have advanced to Super Bowl 54. We're going to break it down here. We're going to give you our reaction. Uh, I was half right, as was Mike, and we're, we're going to bring him in right now. And Mike, and, and to the listeners out there, uh, Mike was a little unwell today. So uh, we have actually pieced together um, a bunch of audio from, from previous episodes and, and recreated what we think he's going to say this episode. So without further ado, I would like to bring in our audio-enhanced version of my co-host, Mr. Mike Debate. Mike, how are we doing today? La, la, la. Ah. First of all, there is nothing that could keep me from la 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 here <laughs> on the show. So I definitely appreciate that. Yes, as Ian did allure, uh, uh, allude to, uh, you can probably tell uh, the voice is a little gravelly this morning, folks. But, uh, you know, we persevere. There's no days off. We take our cues from the team that we root for. The team that we still can't get over is not in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, you know, we're here for you because we, we do this out of the love of, of the game. And, uh, you know, we're both wearing our NFL hats, just like Rob Lowe did yesterday. So we're, we're, we're rooting for the integrity of the game. Uh, yeah, what was that all about? Yeah. Poor, poor Rob. I mean, Rob even took to, I will say this, Rob even took to, to, uh, to Twitter to say, I never realized that my hat would be a more interesting storyline than this game. But, yeah, it's just, yeah. Literally, <laughs> it's something you don't see every day. Just, just cheering for the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That, that was that was that was funny and, and odd and kind of. I don't know. It just it kind of seemed. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was just it was really funny to me, and I'm glad you brought that up because I got a kick out of that because it's like who does that? You know, it, it looked like one of those like uh, generic like hats that you put on and like you know a commercial or something like that. I don't know. I just I giggled a little bit because you know who wears the logo of the shield. So um, <laughs> you know maybe they'll they'll start selling them and it will become a phenomenon and everyone will start wearing them. I root for the NFL. <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I was I was thinking about that myself. So um, before we jump into all this, because we have a lot to talk about, tons and tons and tons of stuff to talk about. In fact, uh, you know, two games. Obviously, we only have one game left. Uh, it is the Super Bowl. It has been set. And um, so uh, before we do that, and uh, I I apologize. I uh, on Friday. Um, you, you heard when I gave my Super Bowl prediction, my, my cat fell off the bureau. You remember that? That was uh, very dramatic, and, and rightfully so, because I picked the Titans and I was wrong. Um, well, this cat also has a tendency to uh, pass gas at the most uh, inopportune time, like right now. So um, <laughs> my I tried to keep a solid, straight face when it happened and uh, not react to it, but it, it's just it's overpowering right now that it's... 
It's about to knock me out, folks. So if I pass out, uh, don't be alarmed. I will wake up uh, eventually. It's just from a uh, toxic uh, leak in my apartment right now. So yeah, th- this could be Ian's, um, you know, Bo Seinfeld moment uh, with the car, where you know, just the <laughs> smell just attaches itself, yeah. and you know, it's just it's it's unbelievable. You can't get rid of it. You can't, uh, you know, you can't do anything else but concentrate on that. So uh, if uh, you hear Ian uh, later on this. We talk about uh, having to uh, wash his hair in tomato sauce, then then you know that this is pretty bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's right now. It, it's taking all my will and and strength to uh, to not <laughs> pass out right now. But but don't let me uh, don't let me get distracted here. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, obviously, if you're watching us, you're uh, watching us on Sportscaster, and uh, you know how how much of a, a, a advocate we are of uh, Sportscaster and our partnership uh, as the site uh, as as a site with full press coverage. Um, we are excited for them to start covering the basketball league. That's right; it starts Thursday, January the thirtieth, and uh, the first game between the Indy Express and the Owensboro Thoroughbreds. That's right. I I was really trying not to fumble these names because uh, you know I I tend to do that sometimes. Um, will be presented by Full Press Coverage. So uh, tune in for that. It's going to be on Sportscaster. If you're listening on Full Press Radio right now, head over to Sportscaster. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R.com and uh, check it out. And more information will be popping up, popping up as the days go on and we get a little bit closer. And, of course, we will talk about it as well. Um, so, yes, Mike, let, let's get into this here because uh, we – we had a couple great games yesterday, uh, and and by a couple great games, um, I mean one game that was 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 relatively competitive. The other uh, was just the team that I picked to win, and 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 by by that account, it was great in my eyes. So uh, we'll start in the AFC because it was the first game of the day, and uh, well, Kansas City. Well, what can you say? And and if you follow me on Twitter, of course, you know I I've I've never been to. Uh, 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 I don't want to say kind. I'm always kind. I'd like to think I'm always kind, but I always have a little bit of an edge towards uh, Kansas City Chiefs fans for the most part. The ones that are the loudest are the worst. So uh, that tends to be the people I interact with. Unfortunately, I just tend to attract those type of people. Um, but <clears throat> they advanced to the uh to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years, and um, I know neither of us were alive the last time they were in the Super Bowl. So this will be a new thing for us. And uh, look, you know, they fell behind once again, down 10 points twice in this game, 17-7 uh, at one point to the Titans. And, and look, they they went on the attack. And a uh, few big plays here, and this offense really started to roll. And uh, it, look, they, they showed that they were the better team. And uh, am I shocked? No. Did I pick the Titans? Yeah, absolutely. And once again, like it was a week before, it looked, you know, like I was kind of onto something early on, but then it kind of fell apart for the uh, for the Tennessee Titans here, and unfortunately, they will be going home after a fairly uh, a, a good season. You know, obviously, uh, considering where their expectations were heading into the year, they certainly um, exceeded those in my book. So, uh, my first impression is, you know, the Chiefs are coming into this. Uh, in, in, into the Super Bowl playing their best football and, and the best football I've seen them play in, in a very long time, um, you know, consistent too. you know, offense, defense, rushing, passing, that type of thing. It's all kind of working for them right now. Uh, they do have a tendency to give up points, as we saw. Um, same with San Francisco. Again, as we saw late. Uh, so I, I I'm first impression, my very first impression is 
Uh, I still give the 49ers an edge, but this is this is shaping up to be one hell of a game and possibly one that could be pretty high scoring. Yeah, I think that's exactly what we're going to see in a couple of weeks, buddy. I think that really when you look at the way these two teams are constituted and the points that they're putting up, the ability that they're having to be able to score at will, uh, that 49ers run game right now is a real monster. Uh, no one probably would have thought that after Tevin Coleman went down and you get you know the Mostert coming in. So that's going to be tough, but we are on to the Chiefs right now. We are talking about them, and you have to be impressed by what they did yesterday. I mean, anybody that is not is either being disingenuous or they're not giving them their due and you're not going to find either one of us on the side of the microphone to tell you otherwise patrick mahomes had a very good game yesterday uh the uh, the the 27 yard scramble to, to me believe it or not was not his most impressive play of the game i think a lot of that was blown tackles i think a lot of that was poor coverage uh credit mahomes for being able to do it his athleticism was definitely on display there and i really i'm impressed by what i saw but when people are starting to label this as the greatest play in nfl history i think you got to pump the brakes a little bit rich eisen just to be uh, a little fair and say that you know a lot of that was blown coverage to me the touchdown passes the poise in the pocket that's what i'm seeing from mm-hmm. oh mike cut out there for a second don't worry he will Make be home. back Make oh there he is aesthetically pleasing exit Sorry, you cut you cut out. Ah, uh, yes, I, I am. I am one, back one, among the living. Once again, I, it was <laughs> it was probably your best uh, point of the day. So it, once again, it gets lost. Yeah, I believe it actually interwebs. was. I was much like John Blutowski. <laughs> yeah, I was I was rolling there. You were. You know, I was I was ready to start talking about the Germans bombing <laughs> yeah. Pearl Harbor and, and all that. It was really it was great. I had the troops whipped up into a frenzy. Uh, but for the benefit of those of you who uh, uh, still agree to put up with my three dollar internet up here, um, it really it, it truly is uh, um, you know something that I. To To me, Mahomes more impressed me with the maturity that he's been showing in the pocket as of late. To me, that's the maturity. That's the growth that you see in Patrick Mahomes from year one to year two. And yes, I know he's been in the league more than two years. But to me, as the full-time starter in this league, talking about a body of work of really two seasons. And to me, that's the growth that you're seeing in him this year. To me, that's more impressive than these aesthetically pleasing plays that... I know a lot of people, it whips up a lot of national media pundits into a frenzy, but to me, if you're a, a pure football fan, that's what is impressing me most about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, defensively, the Kansas City Chiefs are getting stops when they need to. That's something they did not do all of last year. Uh, the addition of Frank Clark, the addition of Teron Matthew, they look to be solid additions in terms of what this team can do defensively. So I like what I'm seeing from Kansas City. They're playing hot at the right time. Got to give a lot of credit to Andy Reid for that as well. No, absolutely. And um, to those of you out there listening on Sportscast, I apologize. We're, we're having a little laggy issue with the video, so it's it's very uh, choppy right now. So I'm trying to work on it in the background here. So, uh, Yes, my, my $3 internet up here is uh, is, is, is infecting uh, the, the masses. Uh, uh, if I ever write a biography, an autobiography, my friend, I'm going to call it Cheap Pops and Cheaper Internet. That's what yes. I'm going to yeah, That's That's exactly what I'm going like to you know. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's how, it, if you, you want to talk about like the how I got here moment, that, that'll be it. Cheap Pops and Cheaper Internet. And yet I'm still here. So that's it. <laughs> well, and, and, and again, the, the, the cold and the under the weather uh, feeling d- could not deter you from being here to uh, rip off those uh, incredibly witty jokes and timely jokes. Uh, and, and, and those are the jokes that I live for, Mike. And that's that's why I'm glad you made it to this episode. So. Um, so, yeah, folks. 
sorry about that. Try to stay tuned. I'm gonna try to fix it. If uh, if it cuts out, we will uh, reopen the uh, reopen the broadcast here in a little bit. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, so uh, you're right, and and you you were making a great point. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was was obviously a um, you know he he had a really good game, and again, a lot of people are going to uh, a lot of people are going to point to the uh you know the big run like you said as, as like the biggest play of the game and it was a, it was it was a very impactful play let's not be oh without know, let, yeah w- without question yeah let's yeah. let's not like you know understate that's on the it. tide yeah, yeah oh yeah and so let's not understate it here it was an incredibly impactful play i made a comment that you know did uh draw the ire of some some folks because i said you know this is what happens when people are afraid to tackle on the on the sidelines and, you know, my point being, you know, just this is how the NFL is and, and quarterbacks are starting to kind of take advantage of it. It's OK. You know, God, for, you can't go and hit a quarterback on the sidelines because if you do, then they're eventually going to, you know, you're, you're risking a flag in that scenario. And right. uh, we, we've seen it oftentimes or at least start to happen where, where quarterbacks will look to be giving themselves up, running out of bounds, and then just take off because the defenders also ease up knowing that, hey, we can't touch them or even lay a finger on them if they step out of bounds. So what's the point? Um, so so again, it, this, it, it was a great run. and I mean, you can't knock them for it. It, it was I would put more poor tackling and just poor execution on the Titans part of that play. So to me, that's not the most impressive thing. And that's kind of like the MO or kind of the deal with Patrick Mahomes. It's like people get impressed and, and go over the top with like things that, yeah, you know, they're they're aesthetically pleasing and they look really good. But uh, they're certainly not the best parts of his game, and I, I think that's a little discredit to him because, again, people aren't focusing on what he does really well as a young quarterback, and that is anticipation, and that is ball location with his passes. Can he be a little inaccurate at times? Yes. Uh, does he benefit from uh, a, a high level of separation uh, with his receivers? Absolutely. Uh, going into that game, he leads the league, his, or his receivers lead the league with an average 3.8 yards of separation uh, per pass attempt. So, um, and, and that is by far the, the, the biggest number in the league. And, and look, you see it every week. Uh, the, these receivers are open. This isn't meant as a knock to Patrick Mahomes. This is just how football's played, and this is how good football is played. You're, you're going to make the decision to throw to the guy that's most open. Why would you throw to someone that's covered? Why would you force something like that? That's what bad quarterbacks do. That's what Jay Cutler does. Right. You know? That's you know Absolutely. what I mean. Absolutely. Like so. Yeah. To me, those, you, oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 it's okay. I was going to say you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And I think that that's before we start getting the angry mob with those torches and the pitchforks that come yeah. after us and say, oh, you're not giving Patrick his just due. No one's taken away from the play down the sideline at all. It was definitely an impactful play. That turned the tide. That's what gave Kansas City their motivation. And that's exactly what a good quarterback does. What I'm saying from an impressive standpoint, I was more impressed by the by the poise, like you said, that, that Patrick is showing in the pocket. He's hitting his open receivers. He's not forcing the ball into situations or making decisions that are not conducive to making his team play better and doing what's right in the moment, whether it be a run, whether it be a pass. To me, that's the most impressive thing about his game. That's I think that's the biggest reason why that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl right now. It's because of those decisions being made that maybe weren't made last year. And, you know, credit the uh, the New England Patriots defense for going into uh, Arrowhead last year and being able to contain that team in the second half because you saw yesterday 
pretty much the same support of, of uh, a cast of characters in offense. Uh, not too many tweaks on the offensive side of the football for uh, for Kansas City. That's pretty much the same offense they ran last year. And uh, you saw the Titans defense that has been really a monster when it comes to this team. Uh, you know, they, uh, they they weren't able to really, uh, you know, keep the, uh, the, the lid on them yesterday. And that's something that... You know, they there was the Kansas City just exploited the holes in the Tennessee defense without any question. Mm-hmm. And, and credit the Kansas City defense for keeping uh, Derrick Henry in check. I mean, at, at one point it looked like yeah. Derrick Henry was going to run wild on this team, and uh, you know, for whatever reason, they ended up getting away from it. Uh, that the the, uh, the the swing at the at the end of the half really hurt the Titans. Um, you know, just as we've often seen with the Patriots taking advantage of, of getting the ball scoring and then getting, uh, you know, the, the ball at halftime. This is kind of what Kansas City, especially the last Absolutely. few weeks, has really taken advantage of because it's allowed them to not only get back into a game, but gain momentum going into halftime, which is really, really crucial. And um, so it's so really it's it's. It, it was incredibly impressive on Kansas City's part. Uh, the Titans, I think, just kind of ran out of steam here, and that's not to say that their run hasn't been impressive. Again, we've talked about it before. Upsetting New England, upsetting Baltimore was was certainly um, something to go home happy about, especially you know when you started a season the way you did, not expecting any sort of playoff run. So um, it's going to be a little bit different for them in the Super Bowl. Obviously, I, I, we, we've talked about San Francisco for – for what seems like forever, how good they are, and um, I I think it, it's going to uh, it, it's it's going to be a real tough test for them because again this is a team that can get off to the quarterback and can cover and can you know go toe to toe offensively not all the time I mean look Jimmy Garoppolo is is certainly the the second quarterback uh, you know the top of of the top two in this game right now and and by a wide margin but. Um, this offense can produce, and that's the difference. Like they are consistently high-scoring offense with a defense that can really uh, uh, attack a team like uh, Kansas City. Um, so uh, it, it's going to be tough for Kansas City. They're going to really have to uh, really stay focused and 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 find the right game plan because you know Kyle Shanahan's going to come up with a great great game plan, and um, he did last uh, last night. He, did, he truly did. And uh, you, you look at the opposite side of the coin and, and what you know Kansas City brings to the table, you have to be equally impressed, if not even more impressed, with what uh, uh, San Francisco is able to do. So many people are right now getting on Jimmy Garoppolo and the lack of pass attempts and the lack of passing yards and kind of being a passenger in the game last night. And look, for a lot of reasons... He does. Uh, I wouldn't say he deserves that criticism, but in a lot of ways, that is indeed correct. I mean, he wasn't the focal point of the offense last night, but when the running game is going as well as those guys were running the football, why would you abandon that? Why would you, you know, look elsewhere? You got to stick with what works. Green Bay had no answer for the uh, the uh, the, the um, San Francisco running game last night. A lot of what we were talking about, we talked about this with Kyle last week. Uh, we talked about it a little bit here on Friday when we uh, when we all uh, reconvened here, and we talked about the difficulties that Green Bay has in stopping the run. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what we saw. San Francisco knew it; they attacked it. And Green Bay just did not have an answer for it. They were put far back on their heels early on. And it was just, it was an insurmountable hole that they couldn't, you know, climb their way out of. 
credit Green Bay for not completely folding and giving up in this game. They made a couple of scores. They tried to make a game out of it a little bit. Siren Rogers thread the needle, make some nice plays, uh, make some nice passes. Uh, the uh, the sixty five yarder to Devontae Adams was really a, a beautiful play uh, from start to finish. But ultimately, San Francisco took over, used the driver's seat, gr- you know, ground out those uh, uh, the the end of the game, got first downs when they needed to. It's going to be a tough defense to score on for Kansas City. This is going to be, I think, their toughest test of the year in terms of a defense that can beat you in different ways. They can stuff the run. They can stack the box. They can do what they need to do. But they also have great man and coverage uh, to be able to stop some of these uh, uh, speedy receivers. They've got the personnel in the secondary to be able to hang with these guys. So this is going to be a great and very interesting matchup coming up in Super Bowl 54. Yeah, and and look... uh... You know, I'm not going to sit here, and uh, I, I figured, I figured I might, uh, I might have a little bit more uh, petty joy watching the Packers <laughs> uh, lose the way they did, and I really don't. I mean, again, this is a lot of it has to do with my my personal dealings with 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 other people that have nothing to do with the team. So again, this is this is more a a, a, a reaction to just a fan interaction. Let's put it that way. But um, look, the. <clears throat> I, I didn't expect it. I mean, I expected the 49ers to win, and I, I picked them to win 31-13. So the, the the score wasn't – it was actually almost, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, difference, it was almost right on the money and kind of, you know, just I, I was one score off for each team. But um, I, I thought it was going to be a little bit closer uh, than what we got. And this was certainly not that. It was uh, – the 49ers really, they really just, I mean, they just steamrolled the Packers. The Packers looked like they shouldn't have even been on the same field as the 49ers. And, and, and this is, this is sort of, you know, it, it's tough because this Packers team went 13 and three. And at times during the year, they looked like a really good team. And you you could sit there and nitpick, um, uh, you know, nitpick exactly what, you know, they, you know, how good they were, what teams they beat and all that stuff. But, um, they certainly did not look like a 13 and three team last night. And, and I got to ask you, was this their last shot with, with Aaron Rodgers? Because I, I feel like, I just feel like the NFC, this was a, this, this was a perfect storm situation for the Packers to get to this moment and an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. And I don't think that's going to happen again for him. And, and look, um, as, as much as he's accomplished in the past and like, you know, obviously he was able to, to, to put up some numbers there at the end of the game. Um, you know, he didn't look like, you know, vint, quote unquote, vintage Aaron Rodgers. um, in terms of what he can do, he, he looks like he's a bit of a limited quarterback, not, you know, limited relative to who he is. He's obviously, obviously still a really good quarterback, but, um, certainly he's a guy who does look like, and has been on a, a fairly steady decline. It's not been a steep decline, but it's been pretty steady and consistent over the last few years. Um, are you concerned with, you know, their ability to get back to this point under Aaron Rodgers again? 
Slightly. Uh, I think that's more of a um, praise of the competition that they're facing rather than an indictment on Rodgers. Listen, anytime you look at prolific quarterbacks and you look at guys that have that never-say-die attitude, you can't necessarily count them out. How many times have we seen Tom Brady go down and hear the sky is falling, he's done, he's washed up, stick a fork in him, he fell off the cliff, and then he comes back and wins a Super Bowl. I don't necessarily compare the drive of these two athletes in the same manner. Uh, and I will stand by that. I don't believe that Aaron is as driven and as motivated to succeed as Tom Brady. And I'm not saying that he's not, but I just I don't see that same fire, that competitive drive that absolutely consumes you with having to win. Tom Brady has that. I don't necessarily always see that in Aaron. He's extremely talented and he has the talent to be able to lead a team. At 36 years old, you have to start wondering whether or not that gap has closed. He mentioned this last night. He did say that, you know, absolutely, I think we're going to be on the right side of these really soon. I think was his uh, post-game press conference soundbite that a lot of people are playing this morning and him saying that, yes, he does believe that they will be there. If they're going to, there have to be some adjustments that are made on that offense. And I think that right now, in that respect, because supposedly now Aaron has Matt LaFleur, who's able to utilize his talent, maximize his ability in a good system. Um, and it's funny that you know people are, mm-hmm. will use the term saying, oh, well, Aaron's succeeding well in the system. Well, oh. <laughs> you, know, you knock people for being system quarterbacks, but all of a sudden when you use the argument to your advantage – Then it becomes an argument. I see how it works here. But in any case, I digress, folks. In terms of what needs to be done, I think, yes, if they're going to try to attack that window again, I think they need to utilize Aaron Jones, continue to do so as they did this year. What they might need is they might need a... And it's they might need an upgrade at tight end. And it's funny to say that when you take a look at a guy like Jimmy Graham. But I think they need a younger tight end right now that's going to come in, that's going to be able to block, show a little more prolific uh, ability in that end. Uh, I thought uh, Aaron threw a lot of passes last night where he looked like he was not set, not uh, really uh, mm-hmm. able to, uh, to set his feet. The offensive line might need a couple of tweaks here and there. And they have to make some adjustments on defense because for all of the now Green Bay has a defense talk, which I bought into a lot this year, I toted that quite often, whether it be on this program, my own, wherever I was you know, making appearances. I said, well, Green Bay has a defense this year. Didn't show up last night. They could not stop the run. They need someone up front that's going to be able to do it. Yes, they put more pressure on the quarterback this year, but if you're going to be as porous as they are on run defense and have been really all year, you're not going to contend for a Super Bowl. So I would say that the window is open a crack but if they want to crack that window open they have to make some adjustments and they have to buy in and unfortunately at 36 they're running out of time if they mm-hmm. want rogers to be at the helm of one of these championship runs not completely closed folks but uh i think the window's more closed than it is open right now at least that's my opinion yeah and and, <clears throat> and i think you brought up a great point about the drive and, and this and this is in no way a knock on rogers this is more of a a putting uh, Tom Brady's drive at, at just another level, uh, you know, because again, I mean, at a certain point in your time, you know, you can give 16, 17 years to this league and, you know, eventually you're just going to lose that urge to, to do the grind every day. And that's, that's fine. That's what happens when you get older. Mm-hmm. Who wants, who wants to put themselves through that? I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, just almost 10 years younger than Tom Brady. And I wake up in the morning and I hurt. And at sometimes I don't even want to get up and, go all the way to my seat to do the show. It, it happens. So, 
the idea of a, of a almost 40 year old man deciding, Hey, you know what? I don't really want to go to training camp and get hit all the time or go play football games, yada, yada, yada. That's perfectly fine. That's so, so this isn't an indictment on him. It's more of a, you know, there's not too many players in the history of sports that have a drive like Brady to play at the right. level that he is playing at his age. And it is. It, it, it seems like, you know, at this point, we've heard it so often. I think it's lost a bit, a bit of its luster. But, um, you know, you can't, you know, again, it's, it's, it's as impressive as it was when we first started talking about it. And I think for Aaron Rodgers, I think he he can still be successful for Green Bay. But I think the days of him carrying this team and being the deciding factor uh, are are over now. I, I think they started to kind of go away this year because Aaron Jones became a, such a big factor. And um, I think uh, we've seen uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the, the touchdown interception ratio is nice. The passer rating is nice. But um, all too often he looked like uh, – you know, average at times and then, you know, pretty good at others. And and look, I was praising him last week because of how good he or how well he played down the stretch to win that game, the divisional round and, and some of the great throws he made. And look, that 60 yard bomb. It's like not too many people are going to be able to make that throw. It's just right. those are becoming fewer and far between. And, and even when they do happen, like in this case last night, um, I didn't put a lot of stock into that offensive flurry for Green Bay. I mean, I, I really didn't. I, I, I just felt like San Francisco got up. They got a big lead, and they, you know, they kind of set back just, you know, which is kind of natural. And, uh, you know, Green Bay capitalized and, and, you know, credit them for that. But I'm not going to give them too much credit for putting up these points because even though it was 37-20, to 20, the final score, I feel like it was a lot – that score is not indicative of what this game was. Yeah, this game was it, not that close. And, and yes, agreed. that's what I said. 17-point difference, it wasn't that close, so. Yeah, that's true. It really was. And then and we're talking about that from a 17 point differential, <laughs> you know, yeah. to give you an example as to how far out of uh, out of touch this game was. And look, I'm glad that you made the point on Aaron and the drive and the uh, the, the competitive edge. Look, no one gets to the level that they've gotten to that Aaron Rodgers has achieved without having an internal drive that's greater than average of, oh, yeah. of the, the average uh, players. So in no way am I insinuating that, oh, Aaron's not motivated or he looks like he's not interested. No, to the contrary, he got took to the microphone last night and says, no, we we're, our window is open. We're going to do this. We're going to come out on top. You know, he didn't get out there and say, yeah, well, you know, it wasn't like a Jay Cutler type, you know, situation where it's yeah. like, yeah, well, well, yeah, we'll play. Maybe I, we'll I, win. I miss Jay Cutler. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I do. It's I, the second I time see, we brought uh, him up today and, and I, you know, I'm starting to, to make me think that I just miss <laughs> like his, we just, do yeah it's just you, you really do attitude <laughs> yep you know what it's it's that slacker mentality that makes you say see i can be a slacker and i can, can still be a, an exactly. nfl quarterback but no no like yeah he probably isn't but i mean what well, but um you know i liken it a lot and this is probably an, an analogy that's going to raise the the eyebrow and maybe that's from my illness or lack of sleep or whatever but um i liken it a lot to the comparisons that people put forth when it comes to a kobe bryant and a lebron james um you look at these two players that are contemporaries now because mm -hmm. you know let's face it uh, you know lebron and they didn't have a, a one-on-ones with with MJ there was a, with Michael Jordan meeting. yeah so it's tough to compare them because they're comparing them across generations but these two were more contemporaries LeBron James is definitely the more accomplished athlete he's the more accomplished player when you take a look at what he's able to do all around 
But I'll tell you, if there's one game that I need to win and I need a killer instinct and someone that's not going to rest until that game is won, I'm taking Kobe Bryant because, in my opinion, you look at that type of killer instinct. He was an assassin on the court. He would not leave unless he left everything out there on the court and he would do anything he needed to to win. And I liken that to that Tom Brady edge that something that maybe is is there in Aaron and it just hasn't been you know had the opportunity to have that fire lit or it's just not there in a lot of uh, situations so I believe that there's still a lot of drive left in him but you wonder if there's enough of it to be able to sustain a Super Bowl run because as we've seen getting to the Super Bowl is not an easy task it really yesterday afternoon made me appreciate so much more what we've seen in New England for the last 10 seasons. Being able to make that game every year since 2011 came out on top in a lot of them, came out, you know, on the, you know, the low end on a couple of them. But just to be in that game takes so much from a team to be able to put it together. To do that consecutively all those years in a row really makes you appreciate what Bill Belichick has done, Tom Brady has done, and the New England Patriots organization as a whole. Uh, so congratulations to the Niners and the Chiefs. This is going to be a fun Super Bowl to watch, folks. You want good offensive football, a lot of good storylines, uh, a lot of good personalities. Um, it, this is going to be, this was a dream come true for the NFL. I know people were saying that, oh, Packers and, and Chiefs would have been a great story and it would have been the 100-year anniversary, mm-hmm. but you want your superstar front and center, especially in a venue like Miami where there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of eyes on the, on the game. Um, you know, you really can't ask for much better than Mahomes and, uh, and, and Garoppolo and the 49ers, a storied franchise. So, yeah, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a good game, and I think it's going to be an exciting game. Two young teams that are capable of really ripping off some serious points, and I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, obviously I was, as, a, as someone who just didn't want to see uh, the, what would happen over the course of the next two weeks, I was really not wanting to see a Packers and a Chiefs Super Bowl. I, I dubbed it the insufferable, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep adding that in there as long as I can because of course <laughs> uh, it, it is impossible to happen now. And and uh, you know that that kind of brings me you know because I do want to kind of get your thoughts on this. And in I don't know if you saw it, and I don't know if the people out there saw it. And and I've been told that you know this was uh, certainly a you know this was intended to be a a, a uh, offensive motion uh, like there was a problem with the offense or whatever but uh, anyways did you see the video of the ref throwing the flag uh, uh and calling holding on yes. the titans uh pretty much as the ball was snapped like i mean you could see him with hand on uh, on hip and and again some some people have pointed out that it was an illegal motion uh penalty but i i don't seem to recall that happening i don't think that was the case so i just i was curious to see what your thoughts on because obviously you know us uh having closely followed the patriots have had to hurt hear about uh obviously from everyone about how the refs favor certain teams and and specifically from chiefs fans over the last year because they're upset about a legit uh, offsides call that was called against them um it it does seem to feel like the Chiefs got a little bit of home cooking and um you know they 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 haven't had quite the success level that you know rub routes and I always use my quotation <laughs> points uh quotation marks rub routes have not turned into pick plays yet you know they win a super bowl guess what those rub routes they're now pick plays and that, that's how it works that's how it works in the NFL and uh you know it, it's 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 funny because like there's so many, and, and again 
you can call holding on any play and the Titans didn't lose because of the refs and the, and the chiefs didn't win because of the refs. But there were so many times that it's just like, how can you not call it that, that hold <laughs> on the chiefs? I mean, that led to like huge, huge gains for them offensively. And, it, and I'm sitting there laughing and I'm like, Oh, well, you know, that's, that's kind of what it is, but it's more laughing at the idea that anyone, you know, any sort of chiefs fan would sit there and say that, you know, team a is favored over, you know, whoever it's, it's funny, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, that little incident. No, no, I um, we're completely like-minded. And look, um, Jerry Thornton of uh, Bar- Barstool Sports, who we know, we both know personally, we mm-hmm. both interviewed Jerry, we've both spoken to him several times, and Barstool is really the one that kind of brought this to light, if you want to mm-hmm. talk about whose tweet went viral uh, in, in, in this moment. It was Barstool that was the one that pointed it out. And look... You know, there are there are a lot of these, you know, phantom type, you know, calls that you see in games where it's it, it does make you scratch your head. It does make you wonder. Now, look, is this the reason that Kansas City went and they they're, they're getting to the Super Bowl? You know, no, obviously not. But I mean, it does make you wonder if home cooking is on, you know, on the docket, you know, when it comes to uh, to these types of, uh, of situations. And look, I mean, I don't think it's completely abnormal for people to maybe have their doubts about whether or not Roger Goodell wanted the hundredth anniversary of the NFL, the Super Bowl in Miami to feature a a team that was led by a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I think that's a, uh, well, it was a good story for the football purists to have Tannehill come home to Miami, start a Super Bowl in the place where he was supposed to be the savior of the franchise one year with a new team. And all of a sudden he takes them all the way to the Super Bowl. I think it would have been a great story, but not a whole lot of people probably would have agreed. I don't think it would have been the juggernaut of national media coverage that we're going to see for the for the next couple of weeks. So that's something to to consider. But you know, we see it all the time. Jerry th- pointed out, I, you know, getting back to uh, my original point when it came to him, he pointed it out that all of a sudden it looked like there was going to be a uh, a non call on on Kelsey, and then all of a sudden, yep, there comes the flag. It's mm-hmm. it's pass interference that would have never happened to uh, uh, to Rob Gronkowski. And by the way, folks, I'm gonna have I am going to have a Homer moment here, and and, and I my <laughs> oh, good friend, go uh, my, I, it is in my contract. Do it, it is in my contract, <laughs> and he's able to. He allows me one per year. I am going to have a Homer moment here, and that is the post game Deus uh, uh, Beastie Boys reference, sir. I've covered Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I've watched Rob Gronkowski. You, sir, are no Rob Gronkowski. Hashtag give me Kittle. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, back, getting like back that. to what give I was me saying. Kittle. So yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So getting back to what I was saying. So anyway, yes, to get back to that call and some of the calls that you see. Yeah, you're going to see that in some of these games. And uh, again, I'm definitely not insinuating in any way that that was the call that derailed it. But you know, in a situation like that, especially the, the DPI call as well. I mean, yeah. you, you take yeah, a look was, at that toward yeah. the end of the game. I mean, you know, there are certain calls that, you know, kind of go a certain way for a team. And you look at it and you say, you know, yeah, I don't want to blame it. But if that call swings one way or another, I mean, <laughs> you know, you want to go back to the original part of the season. I mean, Nikhil Harry's touchdown counts. All of a sudden, <laughs> we may not be talking about this at all. Uh, all of a sudden, New England might be the one where this game was played yesterday, and that could have been a different circumstance. So, you know, calls can always affect what 
happens out there. They happen for a reason. You play through them. Ultimately, what you want to do is play a game that allows calls like this not to dis- decide mm-hmm. what happens on the field. It's always your goal, but sometimes it's inevitable that it's going to happen. So, yeah, it, it raises my eyebrow, but ultimately, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, that's the reason Kansas City won it. That's the reason Tennessee lost. There were a lot of other factors that uh, that went in there. Well, and, and specifically on that defensive pass interference play, um, the, the funny part about it was, you know, initially the broadcast group, and, and uh, I'll, I'll comment on that in just a minute because I don't want to, you know, go off on too many topics at once. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the, broadca- the broadcast crew of Romo and Nance um, were, were kept hammering home the fact that, oh, well, he didn't really look around, and that's why it's being called. Well, he, he did turn around and look, and even uh, whoever their uh, rules expert is, which I, I think is still kind of a ridiculous concept, you know, you have a guy specifically there to discuss the, the, the problems with the officiating. That's, that's, that's a huge problem, in my opinion, but whatever. So he comes on there and he says, oh, yeah, no, 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 I agree. You know, you got to turn around and, and, and look for the ball, which, which he did. Um, it was late, but he still did it. And then they're like, oh, well, I guess it wasn't quick enough. And it's just, and, and to me, that wasn't a defensive pass interference call. And that's, that's a huge momentum changer in, in, in a game that was fairly close. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, speaking of the broadcast crew, and, and look, I loved, Tony Romo was, was a fresh, of uh, a breath of fresh air uh, after Phil Sims and, and his, you know, Again, you kind of get just got tired of the, the 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 constant, you know, mistakes, and it was funny from a from a comedic standpoint. But you know, really, when you're watching football, you want to you want to learn and you want to uh, absorb information as you're watching this game. So, um, and, and that's what Tony Romo does really well when he does it. And I feel like he's slowly slipped into more of a fifty fifty guy, where like he'll give you the insight. But he's so giddy and over the top for certain things, and he gets really, uh, you know, he, he speaks in hyperbole quite a bit. And it's starting to get a little bit of a, a of annoying because, again, when, I, when I'm listening to a football broadcast, I want to hear I want to hear the play-by-play, and I want to hear color commentary where you're interjecting to to teach the audience something and further explain certain situations. I don't want to sit here and, and listen to you get all giddy over, you know, again, you know, plays that happen. Yeah, you know, it's impressive and it's fun to watch, but, you know, you're not here to be, you know, a giddy fanboy you know you're here to to do a job and, and i feel like he's he's like 50 50 on that now and it's just it, it drives me nuts <laughs> yeah and apparently i mean if you believe the uh the inf- yep. information that's out there he's about to be uh paid very very well for being that and look you know a lot of i, I take some pop shots on uh, at him when uh when i'll do my game previews for uh, for locked on patriots and i'll i'll recommend that uh, maybe the uh, the the local broadcast on the radio uh, that sinks very well to the and by the way they actually do Bob Sosi Scott Zolak or you know people that I know personally they do a great job so they really do sync up well a lot of times radio broadcasts have that difficulty if you yeah. watch them side by side they sync up very well Bob is, is amazing at what he does and credit Zoe he's usually right there along with him um, but uh, you know it's always that like oh Jim I don't know yeah. Yeah. where are we gonna go oh here we go you know it's like you know it's like yeah. The, the Macho Man Randy Savage Dundown is not going to work yeah. all the time. And, you know, I mean, look, there are times where he nails plays right on the money, and it's it's impressive. That's but what, you that's have to remember, he was, he was a... 
he was a quarterback in this league and a very good quarterback in this yeah. league for a number of years. You know, I, I will give him credit where credit is due. Tony Romo was an effective quarterback. He's a smart quarterback. A lot of the reason why he's not playing today is because of injuries, not because he couldn't handle the load or because he just wasn't a good player. So you expect him to make those reads. You know he's going to be able to do it because of what he's done all his life. And in a lot of ways, I think he was very good at, at doing that. He had a personality so different. I think you mm-hmm. articulated that so well. He had a personality that was different than what we were seeing from Phil Sims every single week. And I think it injected life into the broadcast. But yeah, there's there's a little bit less now. It's starting to trickle in where people are starting to look at it and go, all right, well, you know, take it down a little notch. You know, you're, you're not supposed to be this excited over yeah. what's going on. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things to me that just uh, it, it always you know kind of baffles the mind a little bit. But uh, you know, Tony is 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 good at what he does. I actually do like Tony. I, I yeah, do. Yeah. I, I like the uh, you know I like the energy that he brings to the table. And I, I you know I, I say what I say tongue in cheek. I think he's a good analyst, and I think he does his job well. But yeah, there's there's something to be said about it, especially when you see enthusiasm from some teams and. Enth- a lack of enthusiasm on other teams. And I'm not going to mention any names. We'll just we'll <laughs> let people talk amongst themselves and think about what I mean by that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's there. It's there, folks. You know, watch well, the tapes. Listen to the playback. It's there. Well, and you, you, you said it perfectly. He does great. He does a great job in analyzing the game, and that, that's when I really enjoy him. But again, you, you, your imp- uh, impression, as they normally are, are spot on when it comes to you know. Oh yeah, look at what's going to happen, Jim. <laughs> it's, but and you said it before. I uh, you said it before. I could even say it too. I was like, oh, I, I feel a little Randy Macho Man vibe there. You know, oh, yeah, it really is. You know, maybe maybe not with the maybe not with the gravitas. That, you yeah. know, it's got a little more grit. Maybe, maybe, maybe Randy had a little more tobacco. I don't know. You know, it could have been. You know, maybe, maybe the maybe the nineteen cups of coffee he had a day took a little toll in that voice. You know. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Um, no. Actually, that that was that was actually Mike talking normally. That's how sick he is right now. So yes, absolutely. That's a, a, Ian gave me the opportunity a, the, yeah. to talk in my normal voice for a moment there. Yeah. So you know, I, I appreciate that, no, buddy. No you know, problem. it's always I good to make you feel better. But um, so yeah, so Super Bowl Fifty Four, we got the. Uh, <laughs> Well, almost a little bit of a slip there because <laughs> I'm just so used to it. I almost said the Patriots just out of habit, but um, well, yeah. I mean, the last four years in a row, it's not yeah. like you don't have any bases. Yeah, for well, that. no, of course, of course. But uh, no, we have the Chiefs and we have the 49ers, and uh, heading into it, the the Chiefs are actually uh, the very slight favorite to start. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, gamblers out there know these lines move and things change, but um, that kind of surprises me a little bit. And uh, yeah, I I would I would uh, would have assumed that the 49ers were going to be the favorite going into this game team or into this game. Um, perhaps they just value the offensive uh, prowess of the Chiefs uh, more than anything. Um, but I would say, like I said, my first impression is the 49ers are a better team, and I I, I think they should be favored in this game. So, uh, what do you think about that? That surprised me a little too. Uh, I really I think that maybe it's a little bit of a lack of respect for what they've been able to do this year. The record they've they are the number one seed. I know Kansas City comes in as the number two seed, but San Francisco is the number one seed. That has to count for something. Um, it's circulating through San Francisco as well. I believe Richard Sherman was quoted last night 
they said that to him uh, and his response was that's fine uh, so uh, you know I think they're taking it in stride I think they're looking at it as internal motivation it's a lot of veterans on this team as well they get credit for being a very young team but they're also well coached and they're well represented uh, by some of the veterans that they have in that locker room so these guys will use it to their advantage uh, you know that there's going to be chirping on both sides we already heard Frank Clark you know with uh, the Derrick Henry yeah. which you know he ended up coming out on top on that you know you have to you know tip your cap and just say hey you know what yeah he said that they were going to contain him they did they held him to 69 yards um but you know there's probably going to be some bulletin board material i'm thinking it's probably more of that is probably going to be coming out of kansas city than san francisco but that's just my opinion at this point but yeah it surprises me a little bit that kansas city is the favorite here but again you look at it and you look at the emotional attachment i think there's so much um you know throughout the country right now that's just so enamored with patrick mahomes i think that you know anything that he does right now is going to uh, uh be likened to turning water into wine and i yeah. think that it's um a little bit of that right now i think you're going to see those lines start to settle a little bit and a break even or have even San Francisco, uh, you know, edge them out a little bit as time goes on when we talk about injuries and whatnot. Chris Jones obviously looks like he was okay. He didn't look, you know, too hampered yesterday. I think a lot of what we heard earlier on in this week was posturing and what teams do that. It's it's part of the game planning and strategy. Um, I don't necessarily know if I'm not saying he's 100%. I don't think he's, he's anywhere near that, but he's effective enough mm-hmm. to be able to utilize that. Judging by what we saw in San Francisco yesterday, they better hope he's almost at 100% for this game because the running game that San Francisco employs, yes, Tennessee has the most prolific running back in the league in Derrick Henry, but it's one-dimensional, folks. Mm -hmm. This is not a one-dimensional running game. If Tevin Coleman can come back, and that's a big if right now, he didn't come back in the game yesterday, you know in that type of environment he wanted to be out there. If you take a look and you, you trot out there, Tevin Coleman, Mostert, and then also don't forget Matt Breda. I know he's had some issues hanging on to the football and has found his way into the Kyle Shanahan doghouse, but he's still a very effective runner when you need him to step up, and I think he can do that. If he can protect the football and maybe run in situational uh, you know, um, uh, packages, that's a three-headed running back monster that really gives you another dimension. So Kansas City is going to need that. They're going to need that ability to stuff the run. Because if there is one Achilles heel that they have, it's being able to stop a running game like San Francisco. That's why I'm really kind of surprised that there's that early edge. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, my friend. Yeah, Mustard, 29 carries, 220 yards, and four touchdowns yesterday. That, I mean, again, yeah. who <laughs> the postgame show, Terry Bradshaw was even like, I was calling you Mozart, and, and I was actually kind of right in pregame, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and it's funny because it's like, again, this kind of speaks to their depth, and it's like you never know who's going to step up. You, you figure it's Tevin Coleman, and, and we, you know, I've, we've talked about it on this program. We've talked about it on uh, FPC NFL Live on Sundays, the pregame show specifically uh the the emergence of Debo Samuel late in the season and um he added two rushes for 43 yards and and these are these jet sweep type plays where you know uh the these receivers and they're coming into you know I I feel like they've they've exploded in popularity you know the last several you know seasons or so and uh 49ers utilize uh, utilize them better better than most teams and uh you know we see him being dangerous on the ground two uh two carries 43 yards two receptions 46 yards and uh you know those they had such an impact on the game i actually felt like he caught more passes um but i was so i was kind of surprised that he only caught two but 
you know, again, Jimmy Garoppolo threw six passes all. All, <laughs> I mean, he completed six passes all uh, all game and and out of his eight throws. So, um, right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's absurd to think, but again, when you get two hundred and twenty yards and four touchdowns from, you know, what what would be your second or third string running back yeah i think no. you're doing pretty good you don't have to throw that much so um yeah no, no, it's, that's it's, true kansas city is going to have their have their hands full with that team absolutely they really are and you know we're out we're not even talking about the defensive impact that a team the way mm-hmm. san francisco plays defense and the ability that they can show with the front seven of being able to stack the box prevent those types of run scrambles that you saw mahomes do yesterday uh, i think tennessee's uh front seven which has been there biggest asset on that defense i i had them slotted in as uh, one of my impact players i picked the entire unit uh last week to say that they were going to be an impactful unit and really i think they uh they were a a team that didn't i I think they gave pretty good protection but not great protection and i think they showed maybe uh, a, a lack of experience in that situation to be able to step up San Francisco's front seven is a different animal. They can stop a run. They have the ability to be able to put pressure on an offensive line and win those battles. Because of that, the linebackers can then get into coverage. They can help to rush, uh, and it sets up uh, a a secondary to be able to blanket a lot of the receiving talent uh, that uh, Kansas City has, especially when it comes to a safety maybe being able to blanket a guy like Travis Kelsey and limit his effectiveness because you know he's going into routes just about every single play. He's not going to sit there and he's not going to block. And that's one of the reasons why I take my shots at Kelsey that I do. It's not so much because I don't like his game. The guy's one of the best receiving tight ends Mm. I've ever seen. I mean, I really, I mean, you have to give him the credit where credit is due. The guy makes plays. But when it comes to the little things, you saw George Kittle at the tail end of that game last night, throw himself in the way and make key blocks at one of the key blocks that he made in order for Samuel to complete a couple of those jet sweeps Mm -hmm. were blocks that were thrown by Kittle early on that's the difference and i think that when you see uh when you limit kansas city's ability to be able to do things like that all of a sudden it puts a lot of pressure on patrick mahomes he's going to have to come up big i think he has it within him to do it the question is is does his supporting cast have it within him or have it within them to be able to give him the support that he needs because one man can't do it alone. We've seen it. We saw that try to happen uh, with the Baltimore Ravens a couple of weeks ago where Lamar Jackson was carrying the entire weight of the world on his shoulders and it crashed down upon him because one, because of a lack of experience and two, because of a lack of ability to, you know, have anything happen because his teammates weren't making anything happen for him. He was essentially a man alone on that offense on that Mm -hmm. night. So this is going to be an interesting matchup to me. I think the more intriguing is going to be the uh, San Francisco defense and what they can do to cause problems for that Kansas City offense. So far, no one's been able to do it in the postseason, but they're going to run into a definite brick wall when it comes to the San Francisco defense, folks. Yeah, and and we're gonna we're gonna spend. We have after today, we got nine nine more episodes, nine more uh, days to be able to talk about the, this game. So we're certainly going to jump into it uh, quite a bit. We're going to break down as as to exhaustion every bit of this, every angle of this game. And then, of course, we will uh, end it all with our picks, bold predictions, as we do every week. And it'll be for the final time this season in the NFL season. So uh, in the meantime, we will also have uh, uh, a number of guests on throughout the next two weeks to help us break down this game. People that know the game a lot better than we do, especially these two teams. So uh, we will be doing that as well. And just in case uh, you were watching during our uh, uh 
<laughs> streaming uh, issues earlier. Uh, we are have been good good and going for the last half hour, so I do want to revisit something I had brought up at the start of the show, um, starting on the 30th of January, the uh, the Basketball League on Sportscaster.com uh, tips off, and it will be presented the first game, Indy Express versus the Owensboro Thoroughbreds, presented by Full Press Coverage. So check it out. Go to Sportscaster, C-A-S-T-R.com um, to get more information, and we will certainly, uh, you know, let you guys know as, as we get closer and closer to tip off. So until then, folks, enjoy the day. It's Monday. Uh, we got one more football game left in two weeks. That's right, folks. The season is finally coming to a close. Super Bowl 54, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about this game, really breaking it down. Until then, uh, we will uh, be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. So give us a follow on Twitter. It's at FPC Radio Live. I am at IGLEN31, and he is at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. Mike, I hope you feel better, buddy, and we will be back at it tomorrow. Thank you, my friend. Much appreciated. Always a pleasure to join you every single day here. And thank you, folks. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it.